everybody, this is Leisha and Lee from Asian Foundation on Sin. And today we are kind of having our own like full circle moment right now as we are about to chat with a certain special high kiwi artist who we have personally really enjoyed like way back in their lover boy and hello anxiety days, but has now evolved in their latest album titled Eventai Peace. We have Boombi for it here. Hi, everybody. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us here. How are you doing? How, how's life been so far? Um, Life is good. Um, We just came back from Taiwan and Hong Kong, like the first two shows of the tour. So, yeah, it's it's a bit a little bit overwhelming, like readjusting to that energy after not like touring professionally for like the whole COVID break thing. But yeah, overall, I'm pretty good. I'm feeling pretty mellow. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, oh, we have a lot of like bits and bobs that we're very curious about in terms of like your current tour at the moment. Okay. Um, but I think for some of our listeners that are tuning in at home, would you like to give a little like self-introduction moment for yourself? Sure thing. Um, hi, my name is Poom. I go by the stage name of Poom Viparit. I am 27. I'm a singer-songwriter based in Bangkok, Thailand, but I grew up in Hamilton, New Zealand. And yeah, check out my music. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so you just mentioned that you currently started your the Grand Jai Peace Asia and Oceania tour. Yeah. Um, and at the time of recording this interview, you've both performed in Taipei and Hong Kong already. Yeah. Um. So how have these shows been for you so far? Um. I was really nervous going in because we hadn't really played like the full like the full set with the new songs to anybody. And yeah, it, it felt great. Everybody was very receptive, and um. I guess, welcoming of the new content and the new songs. And it was a really good time. If you have a check on my um social media, you can see like the vibe is really lively. So I'm just over the moon about it. I can't complain about anything. Yeah. That's so um, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, were there any like memorable moments either with your fans or like while you're visiting these cities that you could pinpoint during your tour so far? Um, yeah, like it was the first time I got a lot of time off in um Taipei, Taiwan. So we went to um a lot of night markets and just walked around a lot, which was really nice. Something you always want to do when you're traveling. And um, yeah, in Hong Kong we went to this hot pot joint and we had some of us, not everybody, some of us tried um chicken can I say this on radio? Chicken testicles. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, just within the guidelines, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. yeah they offered it, they were like, Yeah, would you like to try this? And I'm like, I'm pretty game for the stuff. Like, oh, yeah, okay. Interesting. That's something new. Yeah. Did you yeah. Did you like it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, yeah. It doesn't like remind you of like what it actually is when it's in like a hot pot setting when you dip right, it. In right. Right. <laughs> I want to go too deep into it. Like it was good, but it was just good. Don't want to let yeah. your inner like Gordon Ramsay moment out <laughs> yeah. of like flavor profile. Yeah, it was good. It was it was different, but not too weird. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> So again, like having that free time off and like being able to take the time to like wander around the cities yeah. and stuff that you're touring. And yeah. I guess along the lines of like cities touring, of course, we have to mention the fact that you will also be touring in Australia very yeah. shortly. Oh my God. And mainly fun fact, we'll be attending your Melbourne show. So we're kind of oh, peak excited. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> but how? How have you been feeling like in the lead up into like not only performing in Melbourne, as I just mentioned, but you're going to like Brisbane and Sydney 
for what I assume is like your first time performing yep. there. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm pretty nervous, actually. Like I've been doing this now. This is my I guess this is my fourth year of like touring in like mm -hmm. a professional sort of fashion. And yeah, I've always wondered what it would be like to like play in Australia and New Zealand. And I'm getting to do that this year. And it's very surreal. Like with places I've never been before, it's always impossible to like gauge what the kind of like energy is going to be like. So yeah, I'm excited to find out. Yeah, nervous a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Are there yeah. like any sort of like, I don't know, expectations or I don't know, maybe like thoughts in general you are like kind of expecting from like the Australian shows? Um, I guess people down under like seem pretty chill from from, <laughs> like, from from like how I grew up in New Zealand and mm -hmm. I, I kind of get the gist of how like Aussies are. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm hoping it's like a like a really chill, like chill vibe, but also like lively. That's what mm. I'm expecting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I guess from the fans perspective, what can like we expect from like your upcoming shows in Australia? Oh, um, yeah, a, a good time. I hope like we we most definitely have fun on stage, all of us and our team. Um, we're like a small touring family, but mm. like we give it our all whenever we get to play anywhere. So yeah, a good time, guaranteed. It's really cute. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then like I guess something along the lines of like the team perhaps is kind of what I saw was interesting is that for the Australian and New Zealand show specifically, you do have a supporting act um, yeah, who is yeah. Rice Wine, a Thai Australian artist you guys need to check yeah, out as well. Yeah. And yeah, just yeah. curious, like, you know, how, like, how do you guys, like, know each other? Um, I've, I've never met him. Officially, okay. But um, I was, um, the whole thing happened when they asked, like, hey, would you like an opener? We have a few to suggest. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I listened um, to a few and I picked Rice Wine. Mm -hmm. And I just found out later that he was half Thai too. What are the chances? And I was like, yeah, what? exactly. Yeah, I was like, the coincidence yeah. is like very, um, very timely. Yeah, very yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, things fall into place like that. And I'm excited to hear it set live as well. I've never listened to it set live. Mm. So it should be fun. Yeah. Mm. And I guess along the train of like talking about the tours and all that stuff, um, after your shows here in Australia, you're also going to be like heading into cities that uh, definitely might have like a very special place in your heart, of course, like you could be going to Auckland and yeah. your final show is going to be in Bangkok, Thailand. Yeah. And mm. with those ones specifically, what are like the sort of emotions or feelings that come up for you when you're thinking about performing in places that you may consider as like, quote unquote, home? Uh-huh. Um, it hasn't really hit me yet, but I, I'm sure it'll feel like a homecoming for me. Like it's been a long time since I last visited New Zealand. Last time I went was in 2015. So oh wow, it'll be the first time in I guess like eight years, which is crazy to think about that I haven't made the time to go back. So just to be there alone will be special. Um, and to play a show there, it's like cherry on top of my life, I guess. <laughs> And yeah, the the um the very final one in Bangkok is gonna be very special as well. It's the first time I think I'm gonna take my 97 year old grandma to see because it's oh like God. it's in like a nice theater with like nice box seats so she can oh. like see me properly play for the first time. That's Her hearing is oh. not too great, so I'm curious how she's gonna hear it. But <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> I think I... it will be cool for her to be there. So yeah, everyone mm. in my family is gonna be there, my friends. So yeah, that'll be special for sure. Yeah, oh, that's, mm. that's really cute, really sweet. And you mentioned like her first time as well. How did like yeah. if despite it being like the first time, um like she will be seeing you like physically performing yeah. what's like her what's like her like re reception I guess to like all your like work that you've done and put out there in the world and stuff out of curiosity I've never, I've never really <laughs> asked her directly what she thinks of my career she might be like oh I should be a dentist or something <laughs> <laughs> 
I hope, I hope she's I hope she's proud. Like she she she's very tech savvy for like a ninety seven year old. She sends me messages on like Line and like oh, wow. she knows how to like work that stuff. So I'm sure she's seen me on like videos and stuff. But yeah, mm. it'll be cool. It'll be like point to my grandma and she'll be there and everyone's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for that moment alone from a Bangkok show. Yeah. So cute. Yeah. I'm sure she'll be really proud. Yeah, oh, I hope so. Yeah. So something that sort of intrigued me about this specific tour run is when we were looking at your Instagram post where you mentioned how you're starting a tour in Taipei was like going back to where it all began for me in 2017, yep. which is what you captioned. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we're just really curious about the meaning behind that statement and how did it feel like touring in a different country during the time in 2017 versus returning uh-huh. now? Um, Taiwan was the first place that booked me to play overseas. Oh. And that's basically where I met my, my, my agents, like the people who I work with to this date. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're really important for like... Um, like your career like when you if you want to travel and like do all that stuff and yeah it was really special um because back then I always thought after I graduated film school I would work in like a creative agency work in advertising or become like a copywriter like uh, music was always a very like side side hustle so far away from like my central life goal and that one trip to Taiwan it changed everything for me like um and I now do this full-time I don't know how but I still do it Mm, so it's very special yeah um if you could i guess rewind time would there be something that you would want to say to like the 2017 version of yourself um like don't be too serious about everything you know? <laughs> <laughs> as what i would say like don't stress about the things you're stressing about because like in a few months or like half a year yeah it's all gonna be irrelevant so just be in the moment enjoy what you do and the music will work for itself yeah. Nice. Like, I'm like holding it to heart, and but I'm like not even no nowhere close in musician level. But I feel like those <laughs> words are very like. Yeah, like, but it, I think it applies to everybody. Yeah, right? exactly. Honestly, yeah, yeah. And like since you know you were mentioning about music and stuff, you know we wanted to talk a little bit about your most recently released album since yeah. that you will also be like performing as part of your tour, the mm-hmm. Grandjai piece. And me and Lee personally love this album. And hey, thank you. <laughs> and it does kind of feel like it shows, like lyrically wise, it shows like quite a shift um, from your previous works and stuff. But we, oh. of course, want to hear from the artist himself, kind of like what was your thought process behind creating the album? Um, The album basically attaches on a lot of like invisible roles that people live by, especially like people in the East. Um. Grange Peace is a word that I first heard on an episode of The Big Bang Theory. It's like Sheldon's having, I guess, lunch or dinner with his friends. And then there's like a last piece of like, I guess, food. And then he's like, ah, in Thai culture, there's this thing called the Grange Peace where you reserve the last piece for the most valuable or most eldest person in the group. And yeah, it was weird for me to reconnect to that word because I, I grew up with this culture obviously but to be reintroduced through like an American TV show that's like kind of old-ish now mm-hmm. was like oh okay this is like an interesting concept that could be central in my next album so the whole album is a lot more detached from my personal stories it's a lot more about things I think about um, other people's stories told through my perspective and filter and yeah it's not so much about my own nostalgia about things but just what I think about current things that um i'm feeling yeah that makes sense yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool you actually yeah. answered a question that we we're gonna ask later but... oh for real sorry oh, yeah. good. No, no, no no oh my no, god no 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 no, no, no. 
dope. Because like again, yeah. the you mentioned like the phrasing that mm. like Grenjai is like a like a Thai phrasing, and then yep. Lee specifically was like very curious about like like I guess taking this like phrase that's very like it means something that's very I think a lot of people who grew up in Asia or like yep. are Asian in general really yep. too heavily about always having mm -hmm. to like think about other people like yeah. having consideration for like other yep. people all the time so uh -huh. that was like something that we were like very curious about like uh, taking yeah. that sort of concept and making it like uh -huh. a core element of the album yeah <laughs> and you just answered it so you just read oh, cool. read out amazing you <laughs> <laughs> read out <laughs> Um, but I guess, did you have any like differences in creating this specific album versus your previous works? Or did you have like different expectations for yourself this time around? Um, honestly, I just wanted to feel like I was growing like musically and like as like a lyricist as well. So I made a lot of it in this room. Like, I, I guess like 85% of it was done in here and like produced by me. And then it just went into the studio to like polish up a few things. And yeah, it was, um, it, it felt a lot more tiring because it felt like the first truly conceptual piece of work that I did with like a strong concept at the very beginning, not just kind of like floating and like going single by single. It was kind of like clear, like this is the type of album I want to make sonically and what I wanted to say as well. So it felt like overall, it felt like a bigger creative effort from, from my end. Yeah. I'm proud of it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. I, don't know, I was just like very curious. Like, did it feel very like, I don't know, almost like liberating. I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for exactly to like, uh -huh. like not only again, you mentioned earlier about like how this album is kind of more about like, uh, looks more within of like uh, how you feel about like society and all that stuff, but also mm -hmm. taking a piece of like your culture and then kind of like putting out that it did kind of feel a little bit like liberating almost to kind of be like, I don't know. <laughs> phrase that very nicely yeah, yeah, yeah. but no, i i, I kind of get what you mean yeah for me it did feel liberating because i think for the longest time i felt very much like a third culture kid like i didn't really belong although i've been back here for like eight years now mm. and um i lived in new zealand for nine years but i never really felt like i was like truly kiwi and when i moved back here i was like i'm thai but like i feel like i don't quite belong because i guess i've moved around quite a bit and to kind of like make this album it it perfectly like captures how I feel about like my footing as an individual kind of like a little bit of everything and it's okay to feel this way mm. you know because it's other people who kind of relate to it as well and have this perspective on these um social norms that we live by so yeah liberating is a good word yeah mm. I yeah I'm definitely like I relate to that a lot because I'm also like a third culture kid I guess yeah but like another thing that sort of stands out to me with this album specifically is your album art um so since there is a sloth playing guitar in the middle of what looks like a traditional temple what inspired you to look into creating this specific artwork for this album um I found I found the artist on like Instagram a couple years back <laughs> and I thought his, his work was dope it's like um, all traditional Thai temple drawings that you see at like, um, you know, a lot of temples um, usually used in the very like traditional way. But the work he was doing is that he was using like contemporary characters. Like um, he did one poster for like a punk show. So it was like traditional temple setting, but with all like these punk like subculture dudes. Oh, like, wow. Oh, my God. So um, I approached them with this some um, brief that like, hey, I really want to work with you for my album work and like artwork for like this year. And yeah, I pitched them the idea of like a sloth, like an oversized sloth, like narrating what's going on, just like passively watching, but also like a part of the fabric. Because 
yeah, I guess that's how I feel about this album. It feels like I'm like I'm the narrator of things. Mm. Yeah. It's mm. so like beautiful. Like the album <laughs> work wise. I whenever I'm like re-listening to the album, I'm just like, ooh, yes. Let me just admire the art, <laughs> like the little oh, album art a bit. Yeah, he'd, it's yeah, so he'd be so good. happy to hear that. Awesome. It's, thank you thank you it's I'll amazing yeah. <laughs> it's great yeah. it's beautiful and like what you mentioned i think it like perfectly reflects on like the themes and stuff that uh you're like talking about in the album and stuff like that and mm. i guess speaking on the album if a listener tuning in right now like hasn't already checked out your incredible album that they totally should listen to asap <laughs> i guess from from your side what's like a song that you personally think they should like a listen to first or maybe you're just like maybe just listen from the album from the very first song on it and go from um, there but what, what do have, you think I, I definitely have a few favorites of my own on that album but like um if you have the patience and the time like please like try listening like through it as like a from beginning mm. to end it's not too long like half an hour like yeah give it a go <laughs> this is for us a whole and uh not to not to also put put in my own little favorites and have like a little favorites sharing moment <laughs> with you uh-huh. as well <laughs> oh my god like the song in particular i mean i really like grenjai like please specifically oh, yeah. but oh, also nice. the loving and wait letting and oh god loving and letting go. <laughs> thank you thank yeah. you yeah, thank yeah. you I'm all, but those two oh my peak favorites oh, oh my god thank you. thank you very much thank you yeah what? loving and letting go my favorite also oh, tail yeah, end we've... that's probably my top one tail end oh sweet yeah. sweet awesome thank you so much oh did you did you have a favorite song um i personally like um the second song that's fully instrumental called lady mm. papaya mm. Um, it's 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 um i sampled this old thai molam 70s like um thai punk song that mm. i always thought like i'd love to do something with it like when i first found it like four or five years ago and then i finally did and it's 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 the most fun to play live for me. Like, you'll see mm. why if you come to the show. That song. Yeah. Mm, yes, we yeah. will see why. Yes, <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, oh. But no, I was just gonna say that, like you mentioning about it in like an instrumental sense, I'll be like, this will be like perfect for live, and then you're like, it will change your world. You're in your <laughs> life, basically. <laughs> yeah, perhaps, maybe we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I think the two of us can definitely agree that your discography as a whole evokes such a calming listening experience. Is that right, Lisha? Thank you. Agree. (laughs) Um, I don't think this can be replicated by anyone else. And like your vocals, oh, amazing. Chef's kiss. Thank you so much. Thank you. With how fans like us listen to your music for that healing moment, do you personally have like your own activity that you like to do to calm yourself during any stressful moments in life yeah um i was in a car accident like um april of last year it was pretty serious and i thought my life would change forever like i thought like i could not be playing music anymore mm-hmm. um and yeah since then i've gotten a dog and <laughs> my, my life is very my life is a lot better because of it because mm-hmm. um it's taught me to kind of really take care of something truly not just like put myself first 
um, for the very first time in my life, truly. And um, getting a dog, it's kind of like, yeah, it's incredibly calming for me to just to be around him and take him out for a walk and just take him to the vet. Like, very dad things. So I think I'm becoming an uncle. Of the <laughs> yeah, and um, other than that, I play I play games. Like, I play lots of video games, and I um, I play football. It's just a very general, like, guy thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's me. Yeah. What is your dog's mm. name? Uh, it's called Boba. He's a Dalmatian, oh, yeah, eight months that's old. That's so cute. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I, I mentioned this to Lee one time before, but I feel like I don't know why a lot of like Asian dog owners the the names are usually associated with like a food or drink item. Uh, and I'm uh, like, my theory will continue to be proven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah was Milo. it like boba, like Milo, or something like that? Oh, I love Milo. <laughs> That's kind of true, but like Boba, because he's a Dalmatian, he's got spots. Yeah, that no makes sense. That and Boba, so Boba cute. is like a in Thai is like a word as well. So I was like, ah, oh, I thought Genius. it all out. You know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. really true about like the food thing because my dog's name is Tofu as well. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah, me with the no dog because I live in an apartment life. But <laughs> okay, so. But that's really sweet though to hear and it's just I, I don't know I always find it very nice to hear like sometimes an artist like kind of like what do they do like downtime wise and just like having like a healing moment it's very yeah. it's very nice to hear yeah, and yeah. I guess as we're like moving more into like life related sort of questions something that I think uh Lee mentioned earlier and um that we both like very strongly relate to that's yeah. like your story as like an artist in general is the whole like upbringing like being born in thailand and then obviously moving up and then spending like a good portion of your growing up like days in new zealand and mm -hmm. then going back to thailand when you were um 18 from my knowledge yeah kind of around yeah. there yeah. 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 yeah and very again <laughs> but it was like a very relatable like story moment i think for both me and myself and i'm sure like for listeners who are tuning in as well and mm -hmm. A very common question, at least like personally, we get to like get asked in like day to day life is just people always being like, oh, do you ever think about like, what would your life be if you never moved, if you never like went to these places? And like, do, do you ever think about it yourself? Like kind of where you your life would have been if you like never mm. if you never like moved to like a certain country or like just I don't know. Um, I never really, I used to give this a lot more thought back in mm. the day, but like, now I'm just kind of like, yeah, it is what it is. Like, you know? <laughs> I, I don't think I could have affected my, my, my mom's choice to move back mm -hmm. in the day. It, she thought she did what was best for us. And I agree. Like, um, I don't see my life turning out any different, differently than, than how it was or how it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm happy that I got to see and experience lots of like perspectives and cultures mm. growing up and um mm -hmm. not not to talk myself up but i think it gave me like a quite an open mind and like it made me it taught me a lot of patience to be calm with people who are different mm -hmm. or like who are from different backgrounds and try to understand rather than argue straight away with stuff you don't agree with so i i appreciate that part of growing up in a different culture a lot yeah no, that's like very. It's like a very nice sentiment to hear because I think a lot of like, especially um, if if you're like if you're particularly much younger, sometimes you always just like have that mindset like, oh, what if like, uh, I should have just like like 
I wish my parents ever brought me here. I should just like stay here and blah, blah, all that stuff. So it's like, it's just really nice to hear again from like your perspective as like obviously now in your 20s and stuff and like mm-hmm. having lived through um that experience and being very like appreciative of like every single time and like kind of living in the moment in the present. It's very like mm. nice uh sentiment to have and oh, <laughs> it's just very relatable. <laughs> and I guess along the lines of like life and all that stuff um you are currently again as i mentioned in like your 20s and stuff and mm-hmm. i think um something that's very interesting uh that i was just like very curious about it's just like obviously you've gained a lot of like um incredible like achievements and like collaborations with like artists across the globe and again have like gained such a very well-loved fan base across the globe throughout like your 20s and just thinking with like all of these um, stuff that have impacted in your young adults, I would say, time. Um, how do you think it has, like, I don't know, impacted you as a person and along those lines? It might be a little okay. bit deep. Okay. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, like, when, when my stuff first blew up, I was pretty um, happy for, like, the first six months. But then I, I guess I spent the next couple of years, like, in panic mode because, like, I, I wasn't, I, I don't think I was ever prepared for it, like, truly. Like, I know I know I love making music. I know I love playing music. That's for sure. But, like, when once you get, like, a following and there's, like, external pressure from, like, touring or, like, agencies and stuff, it does get heavy and you do overthink. And I spent a lot of time kind of just, like, working on myself, my expectations, my own self-perception as well. And um, COVID was really shitty. Like, oh, no. <laughs> no, it's not. It's fine. No. I mean, you're saying like the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. COVID <laughs> was really bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, COVID was really bad. But I'm so grateful that it gave my life like a true pause, and um, I had nothing but like time to just be myself and reconnect myself to like um, the passion that I have for like making stuff. And yeah, I I came out the other end a lot better, like a lot more like mentally healthier, physically mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, to to gain a following in your twenties can be quite overwhelming mm. for a lot of people, and for me definitely. But um, mm. if you give yourself a lot of time and always remind yourself why you started, I think you'll be alright. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I mean, mm. like what you mentioned right at the beginning of the interview, you're doing pretty pretty well at the moment. Like the, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's just like really nice to just hear again this whole like journey and stuff and then now you coming out of the other end having more like of an understanding of yourself yeah. and mm-hmm. and now again you're touring like across like Asia Oceania it is like yeah. it is insane and just yeah. like uh from like I guess from another human being who enjoys their content to another um just like very proud of like your growth and everything it's very cool to see thank you so much thank you very much so as we near the end of our interview we have one last question which is where can our listeners find you where it's most convenient for you i guess like um you can go on (laughs) spotify apple music youtube music um or any local like um sort of thing that you use but if you want to follow more i guess more insights into what I do, like who I am, just quite quite strange to picture like that. Um, <laughs> on my Instagram, Paul Bipperator, or like Facebook, there's some stuff that I might find some relief watching me jam, or like be with my dog, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> you that yeah. that is per perfect pitching. You, yeah. you have a 
<laughs> you have a career in business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check me out. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, thank you so much for joining our little interview here on Asian Foundation Onsen with myself and Lee. And yeah, uh, thank, you. thank you for having me, guys. Thank you so much. I'll see you guys in Melbourne. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs>